the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, how would you like to attend a real presidential press conference? Be the 47th caller to this show and you'll be eligible to win the grand prize, a press pass that will get you into the White House where you can join Jim Acosta and the rest of the Washington press corps as they badger President Trump. Jim Acosta got his press pass back today when a judge ruled that uh, President Trump violated Jim's Fifth Amendment rights to due process when he took the pass away last week. So, even though I'm no lawyer, uh, here's what I've decided. I've, I've decided that that means we all have the, A, constitutional right to a White House press pass. Now, our producer, Aaron Byrne, will be working hard over the weekend to get us the press pass that we're going to use in our contest. And if you win the contest and those mean people at the White House don't issue you one, we're going to find a really good lawyer and sue their pants off. Now, President Trump did say today that it's no big deal, that he's just going to have to come up with some rules for the decorum, just some rules to keep people in line, which is probably a good idea now that 320 million people have the right to a White House press pass. Now, my sources deep within the White House have told me about some of the rules that are likely to be put in place. Here are just a couple of them, three of them, actually. Uh, one, all members of the media will be required to wear formal clothing, tuxedos for the gentlemen, evening gowns for the ladies. Of course, there will be accommodations made for anyone with a gender identity issue. So if you are a biological man, uh, but I identify as a woman, a woman, uh, that would be fine if you'd like to wear an evening gown. Just don't worry about that. And uh, number two, we're calling this the Barbara Streisand rule. No one in the media will be allowed to make eye contact with the president or Jim Acosta. Uh, anybody who does make eye contact with either one of them will be asked to leave. And here's a good one. There's only going to be one microphone because, you know, to avoid any scene like the one with Acosta and the intern a week and a half ago, the one that got him uh, press, press pass taken away. They're just going to throw the microphone up in the air, you know, kind of like the way a, a bride throws the, the garter belt up in the air at the wedding reception. Whoever catches the mic gets to ask the first question, which will be interesting because everybody in the formal wear and they'll be, you know, rolling around on the floor trying to get the microphone. I kind of like that. And after asking a question, the reporter who, who asked the question will then throw the mic up again. Whoever gets it will be allowed to ask the next question and so on. That's all through the press conference. That'll kind of keep things loose and it won't. you don't have to get interns involved. It's every man, woman, or whatever other gender for themselves. And uh, whoever comes up with the mic gets to ask the question. Simple. And nobody's uh, constitutional uh, rights will be um, offended or, you know, it just it'll it'll be fine. Everybody, no 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 nobody will be affected constitutionally. I guess is what I'm trying to see. Say so. There are a few other rules that my sources weren't in a position to reveal right now. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk to Joe Concha. He's the media reporter for the Hill about what all this means. I forgot to give the number. How are they going to get the forty seven? Oh well, we'll be right back. Don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. The 2018 Donut Hole is closing fast. Open enrollment ends December 7th, and you have some important decisions to make today. This is John Stagerwald. Medicare is confusing. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions, and they have the answers you're looking for. Before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for 2019? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year and how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or drop it all together? Don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. 
A plan that focuses not just on cost, but quality. With lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. Why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Visit MarleyFG.com today. That's MarleyFG.com. This is Dr. Sebastian Gorka. President Obama's eight years of leading from behind left the world in flames. From Russia's invasion of Ukraine to North Korea's missile tests and a growing ISIS caliphate. Under President Trump, American leadership is being restored. But that does not mean our enemies have disappeared. That's why I wrote my new book, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies. As a former deputy assistant to President Trump for strategy, I explained the threats posed by enemies like Russia, China, and the global jihadi movement. We must know our enemies and have the will to defeat them. In my book, Why We Fight, we take off the political correctness blinders of the Obama years and learn how we can vanquish our enemies without mortal combat. Sebastian Gorka's new book, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies, is available now from Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Did you know that when you buy a mattress from a retail store, that mattress is being sold for the second time? What do I mean? Well, the manufacturer sells the mattress to the retailer, who in turn sells it to you with costs and markups for both parties. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have our own factory right here at our store. So the mattress you buy is being sold for the first and only time. That's why our prices are hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see for yourself. It's been a full day. The to-do list is done, the kids are in bed, the dishes can wait. Right now, this moment is just for you. It's your chance to unwind. It's your end of day, ah. At the Original Mattress Factory, we're proud supporters of the end of day, ah, and we want to see how you relax at the end of your busiest days. Share your posts on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the hashtag end of day, ah, for the chance to win a $1,000 Original Mattress Factory gift certificate. Relax, you've earned it. Are you about to pay double for roof replacement or repair? If you haven't called Windows or Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for siding, doors, gutters, downspouts, and roof replacement and repair. Factory certified by North America's largest roof manufacturer, Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months on up to $20,000. Windows R Us will match any competitor's price. No hidden fees or surprises ever. Schedule a free roof inspection today. Mention AM 1250 for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company. Windows R Us, more than a window company. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. So Jim Acosta of CNN is getting his press pass back. A judge granted CNN's request for a temporary restraining order. On uh, Fifth Amendment grounds, he said the White House didn't provide Acosta with due process before revoking his pass after Acosta acted like an idiot last week. So Jim's back at work. Not that anybody will notice, uh, seeing as how nobody watches CNN, but what's it all mean? Uh, Joe Concha writes about the media for The Hill, and he joins us now. Joe, thanks for coming on the show again. Appreciate it. Happy Friday. Yeah, good to talk to you. So uh, Acosta and CNN had a lot of public support from the the Washington media on this lawsuit, including from Fox, which I think surprised some people. But are you getting a different mixed message from individual members of the media about this? Uh, well, if you talk to anybody within CNN, for instance, particularly the old guard, by old guard I mean like pre-2010, let's call it, right, pre when Jeff Zucker took over, uh, they will tell you to a man that they think that Acosta is a clown, that he is making it all about himself, which is pretty obvious. You don't need a media reporter to tell you that, and is really hurting the credibility of the network because every press conference, and I think people have to understand this at home, this wasn't just about a week ago Wednesday and that whole confrontation with the intern and the microphone. This has been going on for the better part of two years where you have a basic pattern where Jim Acosta will ask either the press secretary or the president, first he won't ask a question, he'll go into a lecture, he'll take a position on a policy, and then from there he becomes a 47-year-old 
member or captain of the debate team before he gets to his question. And then when the question is answered, he asks another and another until some other kind of confrontation occurs where then he goes viral. That's exactly what happened last week. So, look, to people within Washington, they will tell you, those media members, that Jim Acosta is not very well appreciated, not very well liked, but the window dressing here is they had to say that they supported CNN in this lawsuit because they saw it as a First Amendment issue. And by the way, this judge didn't rule on the First Amendment part of the lawsuit. He just said that due process wasn't given to Jim Acosta, as you said in your uh, introduction, but the First Amendment part, that's still open for interpretation as far as does the president have the right to revoke a press pass from somebody if he feels they are breaking decorum. And Jim Acosta, not only last uh, week, but for about a dozens and dozens of times, has done that repeatedly. So I uh, worked in sports for a long time. I understand you did, too. You told us that the last time you were on. Um, if I would, uh, if I had done that at a Chuck Knoll or a Bill Cowher press conference, I, I don't. I know it's. I know it's a government issue and it's a different thing. But I don't have any due process. They throw me out uh, for trying to have a talk show during a press conference, which is what Acosta does, or a debate, as you said. Um, yeah. I, I don't understand why there's a. It's. It's not. He wasn't accused of a crime. I don't get what the due process is. He was just told you're not following the rules. You're not being polite. Get out. This, this, that's what the judge. Uh, that's how they interpreted it. Is that they they need to be more specific as to why he was losing his press pass. I suppose. Um, and, and look, the White House didn't handle this very well, by the way. Uh, when they first said, "Well, it's because he put his hands on an intern." Well, I don't know. They, he brushed her arm. I'm not going to defend it. I'm not going to deny it. But at the same time, that's not the route they should have done. They should have said, look, this came to a head again, and we feel, and they should have captured it this way. In fairness to the other reporters that wanted to ask questions in that room, the reporters that get a question and maybe a follow-up, or the ones that don't get questions at all because we run out of time, we have to remove Mr. Acosta from these proceedings because he is hurting the other reporters in the room. If they went out of that way from that angle, they may have had a lot more sympathy from the judge, maybe from uh, media, even though I doubt it, because if you touch Trump to anything, they're going to oppose it. And that's the way they should have gone with this, instead of focusing on the intern so much in the microphone, which I thought was completely irrelevant to the whole thing. But to your point around Chuck Knoll or Bill Cowher, uh, or in, in New York here with me, with Bill Parcells, for instance, uh, Jeff Van Gundy, uh, yeah, you you would be kicked out of there, and, and that would be the end of it. And I don't think it matters whether it's a government issue. So the president talked about it today after the, the ruling came down, and he said, look, if he acts up again, we're, we're going to tell him to leave. So, yeah, that could still happen now. So I, I think CNN wins nothing here, because the perception of CNN from anybody half, you know, half the country is that they're a biased, hostile news organization toward Trump and the administration. Uh, and, I, and I could see Acosta, because he loves oxygen and attention, probably trying to exploit this and double down and challenge that much more. And challenge is the wrong word. Make himself the story that much more. And it's going to come to a head again. And he's probably going to get tossed out of a press conference. Or probably this all over again. And everybody benefits from it because you're cheering for the Trump administration for doing it. And then the other side says, well, we have backed Jim Acosta because they're trying to squash free speech. It's just a ridiculous exercise. And no one can just talk about it objectively and honestly, which I think I'm trying to do here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it seems to me that if, if you are in charge of a media operation, and this keeps happening, and you sit, and it's TV, so you get to see what your guy is doing out there every day when he's in the press. Every time he's in the press conference, you can see right there on your TV back in your office what he's doing. At some point, if unless you think that he's getting you big ratings for some reason, which there's no indication that he is, uh, don't you don't doesn't somebody call him in and say, "Hey, Jim, why don't you you know back off a little bit," or or either that or when the White House gets so annoyed that they, they boot him out. And I know they want to prove a point in the First Amendment and blah, blah, blah. But at some point, you, you just say, uh, okay, we'll send somebody else. You know, uh, we got some. We got a lot of people oh. who can ask good questions. You, you answered your own question, the second part of what you just said. This is encouraged by the very top uh, parts of CNN, by the very top executives, by uh, whoever's running the Washington Bureau. And the reason why I know this is because Jim Acosta was promoted earlier this year to chief White House correspondent from senior. And you say, well, what's the big deal about that? It's a promotion. It is a signal to say, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Yeah. We like it. Now, if you're going around ratings and business, well, here's the thing. You're right. It isn't working. And, 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 you know, they're not beating the Hallmark Channel. I get that. What I always look at, just to gauge to see where audiences are going, 
if you look at October 2017 and the ratings for CNN, and they were a distant third place then behind MSNBC and Fox, then you look at 2018, they are losing viewers year over year, which is impossible to do under this administration. <laughs> it's a gift to cable news. If you're losing viewers, it's because they're giving Jim Acosta way too much airtime to play the victim, and people lying for that matter, after every press conference, because they think really people are not interested in them. What all they want, want to get is the damn news. Can I get the news, please? Can you report what happened instead of talking about yourself? So, yeah, it's a bad, popular decision by CNN, and the top parts of that network are absolutely encouraging it. We're talking to Joe Concha. He uh, covers the media for The Hill. Um, when you took this job, Joe, did you think, uh, are, are, are you finding, put it this way, are you finding things in this job that maybe when you decided to do it uh, and you got involved in it that you didn't think you'd be dealing with? Uh, let's put it this way. When I first got into this, it was 2012, late 2012, 2013. Guess what network I appeared on more than any other? Uh, I'm going to say CNN. CNN? Yeah, yeah, I was on with Aaron Burnett and Jake Tapper and Don Lemon. And, you know, uh, and I would do Fox, too. But I'd go on there, and I wouldn't even, I would never walk out of the building and be like, boy, this is really a liberal place. I don't know if I could deal with, I don't care if you're liberal or conservative, but I always saw CNN is down the middle. You know, so I thought it was good that I went on networks like that because I like to have an honest conversation and not put myself in one, you know, like check off a box and say, oh, that guy's that. And then suddenly they stopped booking me. And that, that's fine. But they stopped booking me right around the time Donald Trump became a presidential candidate. And they went hard left. I mean, hard. Uh, and I never understood that from a business perspective, because all you're doing is, hey, let's fight MSNBC for the smaller piece of the pie <laughs> instead yeah. of just staking your claim in the middle. So, yeah, did I ever think I would deal with this? i got to be honest with you. It's so crushing some days. To see shows like even Morning Joe, I used to think that was a pretty thought-provoking show. And that's the same thing every day. Trump is horrible. He's evil. He's an authoritarian. He's losing his mind. And I, I don't know how these people go into work every day and not just get bored with their own speech because it literally is the same frigging analysis every day about this president. No one could ever talk about results. They're only interested in rhetoric. I would think that people would be sick of it, but I think they're just playing to a crowd, giving comfort food, and just trying to capture whatever audience is most engaged in terms of their hate for Donald Trump. And I guess that's fine, but when he goes away, whether that be in two years or six, it's going to be like the financial crisis of 2008, where the bottom <laughs> just drops out and everybody fails, with maybe the exception of Fox, because they have an insanely loyal audience there. They're just better at what they do. I think, and I, I don't watch Joe Scarborough because I can't, I can't take it for more than thirty seconds because of the. I mean, and I used to think that hey, this is a, this is a guy who's actually a Republican and maybe even a conservative on what's a really a, a liberal network. And then was it Mika? What, I mean, how, how, what happened to him? Does it, is it just hatred of Trump and the, and the personality issue has clouded over everything else that this guy's supposed to be an expert on because he's a former congressman? Well, remember, during the 2015-16 campaign, Donald Trump announced his candidacy June of 2015. And the show he appeared on most was Morning Joe. And those weren't hard-hitting interviews. No. They were as easy as you're going to find. And he always joined by phone. Right, so that made it easy. Just pick up a phone, he's laying there, you know, 15 minutes, 6 o'clock in the morning, he does an interview, and they're laughing along with everything they say they're so appalled with now. So what happened was, Joe and Mika were ostracized, basically, from the Hampton Circuit, from the Washington, D.C. Circuit, and they were getting called out by Democrats for saying they're being too friendly to this guy. They're normalizing him. So then once he got the nomination, which they never thought he would get, they figured, oh, my God, for us to get back in the good graces of, of the media and the elite, we have to triple down and now be anti-Trump as possible. So they're trying to compensate for what they did during the beginning parts of the campaign when they were friendly with Trump. So this has nothing to do with ideology. It has nothing to do with the way Joe Scarborough sees things honestly. This has everything to do with keeping your status within the bubble. And that's why you didn't see Jim Acosta ever get really criticized by too many people. Major Garrett did today, which I thought was pretty good. But otherwise, people don't want to go against the hive mentality because you will be ostracized not only by those in the media, but by your own bosses as well, who probably uh, you know think it's better for business to be anti-Trump than pro-Trump because they figure Fox is going to work on that anyway. And, and uh, I'm just, I was going to ask you about what's good for business because... Uh, I just wonder how many of the people you talk to down there in D.C. 
do appreciate Donald Trump for being good for business. Uh, you know, the way the way a coach being fired is good for business if you're doing a sports talk show, uh, or if the or if the you know if the Steelers lose eight games in a row, that's much better for business if you're a talk show than if they win eight games in a row. You're right about that because people love to complain. Right. It's infinitely better when a team that's supposed to be pretty good or has always been good, like the Steelers. Uh, you guys never have bad seasons, it seems. But uh, an example like in New York, uh, the Giants, right? I mean, right. they're supposed to be pretty good this year, and now they're horrible, and it's great for sports talk because then no one, everybody can call and yell and scream. If they're just a win and be like six and two, that's kind of boring on some level. So. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think anybody really talks about the business end of it. I, I think things move so fast that no one's really stopping to see and appreciate what sort of new cycle we're in right now, which is the craziest we've ever seen. Crazy's good, and I don't, I don't think people understand that if Hillary Clinton had won, you would have had a homogenized uh, president, poll tested, risk adverse, and it would have been probably pretty bad for business. And a lot of the people that you see doing so well right now, it would be the opposite effect. And some shows, I would even guess, would even be on the air right now. Well, before we finish up here with uh, Jim Acosta of uh, The Hill, the media reporter for The Hill, um, just so... Oh, I'm the, Joe. Jim. Jim uh, I'm, did, I, did I say Jim Acosta? You're, you're, you're Joe. <laughs> it's on the brain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's, We're let's, the same age. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. You're my and I don't know if you're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you a microphone hog? I don't know. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Joe Concha. Uh, um, I'm sorry. Uh, but but another subject... Um, just the uh, just your general feeling about the election coverage last Tuesday night. Oh, you know, I thought it was okay, right? I, I didn't see that big moment where people were breaking down, crying, or whatever, because it kind of went according to plan. Uh, so no one can, no one. I think a lot of people wanted to use the big speech saying this is a rejection of racism and this is a rejection of fear and all these things. Because once the Republicans started winning Senate seats and they started flipping the Republicans. Then suddenly it's like, oh, no, we have the worst type of result here. It's a split decision. Republicans are doing well in the Senate. Democrats did well in the House. But in terms of historical averages, I think 20, an average of 29 seats flip against the party in power. And that's about what it came in around election night. They've gained a couple of cents, the Democrats. But overall, no one had that moment where I could say, what are you doing? You know, like, what are you saying? What are you talking about? So. I think it was fine. I worked that night, so I didn't have a lot of time to kind of analyze it. But overall, it's it's fine, I suppose, compared to election night anyway, which was a complete show. And the first part of that word starts with S and N's and T. But it, it was fine, I thought, honestly. Now, do you think we'll see an obvious difference in the tone now when it comes to covering the House and Senate, how each one is covered? Oh, I don't think we're going to cover the House and Senate that much because you know what's going to happen in about eight weeks? The 2020 presidential oh. Okay. campaign begins. Seriously. Yeah, I know. Uh, there was an ad out yesterday for a guy named Mojita uh, out of West Virginia. He's already declared. He already has ads out. So, yeah, I think in 2015, the first candidate started to uh, declare in February or March. So before you, by the time the House gets, the new House gets sworn in, you're already going to be talking about people on the Democratic side who are announcing their candidacy and are running. And you're going to see 25 to 30 Democrats running. That's not an exaggeration. The number is going to be that high. And that's going to dominate and block out the sun and dwarf everything compared to what's going on in Congress. Well, I just hope one of them is Hillary. That's all I can say. I, I, I got Oh, it will be. <laughs> I have a last question for you. Uh, yeah. have, have you noticed that CNN and MSNBC seem a lot less interested in talking about or to – Michael Avenatti, since he's been accused of beating up a woman. Did you notice any difference well, there? Yeah, I think you're going to want me to go off on Avenatti here and MSNBC and CNN, but we have to have some sympathy here. A, Avenatti deserves due process. Right. We don't know all right. the facts, right? So let's, let's hold judgment there. But CNN and MSNBC now, is, they're both in a very tough spot because they have to find 46 hours a week of airtime to fill now that they don't have Avenatti, <laughs> right? Because right. they can't book him. He's too toxic. So, yeah, how do you fill all that airtime of the number one star on your network that isn't even paid by your network, by the way? So that's a tough position to, for them to be in, and I, I'm feeling a lot of sympathy there. Well, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they take it from here. Uh, and, of course, Michael's out there saying that he's innocent. So he is until proven yeah. guilty. So. Yeah, it's a shame he couldn't afford uh, Brett Kavanaugh the same courtesy when he bought a gift book from Julie Swetnick and, and, and allegations of rape. And CNN and MSNBC put him on the air and let him share that story, that crap. And now they're barely reporting, reporting the Avenatti stuff, and that just shows you how biased our media is. They'll, they'll protect anybody they think that it's a, it is a friend. Joe, a Joe, hard break. I'm done. Thanks for being here. Bye. Thanks a lot, man. Go steal it. Thanks, man. Okay. 
With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. President Trump says the White House is writing up rules and regulations for how reporters should act. After a judge ordered the administration to restore credentials for CNN reporter Jim Acosta, the president said he supports total freedom of the press, but he says people have to behave. You have to act with respect. You're in the White House. The president says the White House is writing up rules and regulations for reporters, and if they don't listen, he says, we'll end up back in court and we'll win. Greg Clugston, the White House. About 2,000 Central American migrants have already reached the Mexican border city of Tijuana, with U.S. border inspectors processing only about 100 asylum claims a day at the main border crossing with San Diego. Prospects grew that migrants would be stuck waiting in Tijuana for months. On Wall Street, the Dow by 124 points. The Nasdaq dropped 11. The S&P up by 6. This is SRN News. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. Today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher mortgage payments. At Quicken Loans, we've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates so you can buy a home with certainty. It's called Rate Shield, and here's how it works. With Rate Shield, you can lock your interest rate while you shop for a new home. So if rates go up, you don't have to worry. And here's the best part. If rates go down, you get the lower rate. With Rate Shield, we really have you covered. Here are more reasons why you'll want to work with America's largest mortgage lender. For eight years in a row now, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. And for the fifth year in a row, they've also ranked us highest in the nation for mortgage servicing. Rate Shield, another way we can save you money on your mortgage. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Based on Rocket Mortgage data in comparison to public data records, Rate Shield approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Dennis Prager says the angry mob has nothing to be angry about. They won. The angry mob of the left won. So it's hard to have an angry mob anymore. The anger has dissipated somewhat. This will be. This is also something that will be interesting to witness. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at noon, right before Michael Medved at three on AM twelve fifty. The answer. This Tuesday night. What are you fighting for? Gotta do what my father could. The movie event, forty years in the making. Drag us kid. It's dangerous. Arrives. You got people that need you now. Creed two will make the whole family stand up and cheer. Michael B. Jordan. We gotta do this together because we're a team. Sylvester Stallone. Now you know what you're fighting for. What's your name? Creed 2. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Everywhere Tuesday night. Most couples begin their retirement journey with some common questions. Have we saved enough for our retirement dreams? When does it make sense for us to take Social Security? How do we know if we have too much in the market? How does the new tax law impact our financial plan? Do you have similar questions? Join Kurt Kenotic of Accurate Solutions Group for a conversation about retirement's most common concerns. You'll learn a lot, and all you have to do is register. But seating is limited, so don't delay. Go to asgseminar.com, pick the date and location that works for you, and reserve your spot today. That's asgseminar.com. Start your retirement planning process with Kurt Kenotic and the team at Accurate Solutions Group. Register now at asgseminar.com. That's asgseminar.com. And for more information on your retirement questions, don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane, Saturday mornings at 10. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. If you're not in the club, you're missing out. AM 1250 Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone, like today. Hit the slopes for half the price. At Peak Ski and Snowboard, you'll find the top ski and snowboard brands, plus all the clothing and accessories you need. Spend just 50 bucks and get a $100 value at Peak Ski and Snowboard in Monroeville and Gibsonia. Log on now to am1250theanswer.com. Keyword shopping. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Very busy downtown with light-up night festivities and lots of street closures around the area of Market Square, 7th, 8th, and all around that area. And we're also seeing plenty of delays on the Parkway West. It's jamming up inbound Roslyn Farms Road to the Fort Pitt Tunnel and heavy outbound Parkway Center Drive to Carnegie on the Parkway East. Got a crash on the inbound side, taking out the right lane near 791 and plenty of other delays on the Parkway East as well with volume. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer, weather. 
Mostly cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 30 degrees. Tomorrow will be remaining considerably cloudy. High 41 tomorrow night. Mainly cloudy, the low back down to about 30 degrees. Then for Sunday, cloudy and staying chilly with a rain or snow shower in some spots. A high for Sunday, 40 degrees. I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle on AM 1250, The Answer. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Things are about to change on college campuses around the country. The Federal Education Department officially released new rules on how to enforce Title IX. And we're not talking about sports teams here. We're talking about sexual assault cases. Betsy DeVos, the Secretary of Education, has been promising changes for a while now. And this is good news for men who have been accused and have been denied due process. This isn't just about college campuses, though. It also applies to K-12. through Robbie Suave of Reason.com says it's a good thing. He's with us right now. Uh, Robbie, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Great talking to you. So what's the biggest difference between the new guidelines and what the Obama administration required? The new guidelines define uh, sexual misconduct more narrowly. Uh, Previously... It, it, they said that anything, basically all unwanted sexual conduct was something university administrators had to investigate. The new rules will say that this conduct has to be severe, pervasive, and objectively offensive in line with the sort of court-recognized definition uh, of misconduct for, for the workplace. Uh, and so it, it, it's a narrower kind of behavior that colleges are going to be addressing, and then also the procedures for adjudicating them are uh, are more respecting of due process. There has to be cross-examination, not directly, but your your support person or your attorney must be allowed to present your uh, your questions to the accuser and vice versa. And these are significant differences. And I, I know you, I've looked at it for a while now, and I know they're significant, but do you think most people out there are aware, including people who send their sons and daughters off to college know that this was going on on campus? More so for sons, because they were the ones who were being denied the due process most of the time. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, don't know, I don't know how uh, how much people are aware of this problem if you haven't been put through it, right? <laughs> There's an enormous community of people uh, who have seen the other sides of these things, and in fact, part of the problem with the the Obama era rules was that they were so confusing and so uh, so bad from a due process standpoint that that students who'd been disciplined were suing the university, saying, "Well, you violated my rights," and they were they were winning their lawsuits. But then the university says, "Well, I was only doing it this way because the the Obama era education department told me I had to." So it was setting up these sort of uh, uh, these, these legal uh, conflicts, right? Trying to trying to square your obligation under the Constitution to give due process with uh, your obligation to provide an equal, uh, a non-discriminatory environment that the education department is telling you you have to do. So uh, whether uh, you know whether this has permeated to uh, to uh, parents, obviously it is something to be aware of when you're sending your kids to school. I mean, these can be very ruinous charges. Uh, you know, I've seen kids expelled four days from before graduation because of very dubious accusations that were adjudicated unfairly. Yeah, and uh, it would be shocking to find that the government getting involved, especially the federal government getting involved in something like this, would have actually made things worse. Uh, that would be a shock to everybody's system, I'm sure. Um, I, we, had a, we had a story here. I don't know if you're familiar with the story about the Michigan statewide receiver, um, I forget his name now. We had a, we had a, a guy who wrote the story on the show a couple of months ago, um, and it was the double jeopardy issue. This kid was a good player, very good player. He was accused. He went through whatever the process was at Michigan State and was exonerated by Michigan State, and then his accuser got to go through the process again for some reason. She appealed it or whatever. Uh, which obviously you can't do in a, if it's uh, against the, you know, if you're doing it, dealing with a court system. And uh, so he beat it again. So then he leaves uh, school and goes to play pro football. He's a, he's a wide receiver for the yeah. Houston Texans. I do remember this story. Yeah. yeah. So he got double yeah, jeopardy yeah, yeah. and he still beat it. And just so the listeners uh, understand, so he's gone and they'll say they, she, she, she uh, appealed it again. And they sent him an email telling him that, you know, that he was being accused again. And since he wasn't on campus, he didn't get the email. 
So she was found to be have, have he was found guilty. He's then cut by the Houston Texans and is out a few million dollars if he was going to play any length of time in the NFL. And he still can't find a job. So that's that's what that's, right. that's what this system was doing to people. And I guess this is trying to fix stuff like that, right? Exactly. And if you go to, and that was an outrageous, horrible miscarriage of justice. If, if you go to my archive at reason.com, you'll find I write about a case exactly like that about once a week. And, uh, and I've had cases just as bad as that and worse of students who clearly did nothing wrong, clearly did nothing wrong. Cases where they weren't even accused by anyone specifically, the person they were alleged to have, to have assaulted or victimized in some way when asked, that I don't know what you're talking about. This nothing bad happened, but the university arbitrarily, out of a fear that it had to follow these rules so closely or it would lose federal funding, uh, punished the person anyway. And and they're just they're really terrible. So so the fact that I think it's a great thing that uh, that the DeVos uh, administration is, is taking this on. And now the appeals issue, unfortunately, is is, is the one thing I, I don't think the new guidance the new rules really handle very well, and they're still allowing the, those appeals to take place. And that's so the, that aspect of it has not improved. You're talking about the the accuser being able to appeal, which you you, exactly. you can't do uh, if in, in a court right. of law. If if you accuse someone of a, committing a crime against right. you, and you a jury says that person is not guilty, that's it. You don't get to go back and say, well, let me try that again. Precisely, and that will still, unfortunately, be uh, be in place. Although the, the new rules, uh, I also like that they're flexible about approach. Uh, you know, in some of these cases, the person who feels victimized honestly doesn't want to do this full trial situation. And, and, you know, some of these gray cases, with they're fuzzy, and there was a little bit of wrongdoing, maybe even on both parts, but it really isn't something that, that you should be expelled or, or something like that. I mean, colleges are places where you can learn and you can grow and, and you can foster kind of healthy personal development. And there, there could be a mediation or a restorative process where the people reach some non-punitive collu- uh, conclusion. That was sort of out the window under the previous guidance because they're saying, no, you had to do all these things. This new, the new rules are saying, you know what, if you would rather reach some other kind of uh, agreement or resolution where maybe there's some admission of wrongdoing, but it doesn't result in expulsion or suspension. That's fine as long as everyone's happy with that. And uh, I think that could actually play a factor in a lot of these very ambiguous cases. So I was happy about that as well. Well, I've never understood how it was taken away from law enforcement and given to the college uh, right. administrators in the first place. It's if it's if it's sexual assault, that's a crime. You go to jail for that. You don't get expelled. You go to jail. Well, you're right, and this is a one-sentence statute, the Title IX statute, which which says there needs to be gender equality in in, in publicly funded uh, education, and you know to, uh, to to say that this statute was meant to require these kinds of tribunals for sexual assault is obviously such a stretch. I don't really think the colleges should be adjudicating sexual assault. Period. It is a matter for law enforcement, but if they're going to be doing it, and that's they, they are because the government is still saying they have to. I would much prefer them do it under these new uh, these new rules that were proposed today uh, rather than the the old rules. They're so much more fair. Although I, uh, on a, as a matter of principle, I agree with you. I, I would I would leave it to law enforcement. And I, believe me, I covered sports for a long time, still do, and I uh, I've seen unbelievable amounts of stupidity when it comes to Title IX and sports, and some of the things that the government has stuck its nose into that just ruined. Uh, baseball programs at universities just trying to be fair, and all they do is just screw things up. Uh, so, the, you know, Title IX as a an all-encompassing um, rule or, or, or law that uh, creates an unbelievable amount of stupidity. So who or what is uh, what you refer to as the Title IX activist movement? So, so there, is, there are a number of uh, activist groups, feminist, progressive groups, uh, who have cropped up in the last decade or so and, and longer, uh, who have used Title IX sort of as a weapon to punish people. Uh, not, and we're not, I'm not just talking about sexual assault, but, but free speech. Uh, there have been a, a huge free speech implications because under the old standard, remember, it was, it was any unwanted sexual conduct. It didn't have to be unreasonable. It didn't have to be severe. It didn't have to be pervasive. So if you said something just 
just that was sexually themed or somehow related to sex, your professor could get in trouble for it, for, for talking about, you know, sex in Shakespeare or something like that. So there's been this huge activist movement that has said, we are going to punish our enemies, punish people who, who are not progressive liberals like we are, uh, and we're going to use title. I mean, there's an activist group called Know Your Nine. They have the, the numeral nine tattooed to their ankles. Uh, who, who have who have worked to undermine free speech and due process on campus. So naturally, they're furious because this is you know their nightmare uh, uh, come to life that there's actually going to be some some standards in these pr- procedures from now on. Um, so they're uh, they're they're furious and they're they, honestly they are so they are so dishonest about what these changes actually bring about that it's uh, it's it's really sad. We're talking to Robbie Suave of uh, Reason Magazine, Reason.com about the new ruling from Betsy Devos of the Education Department on how to uh, adjudicate, from the college's uh, standpoint, um, sexual assault accusations on campus. Now, why do I have a feeling that the media will take this as an opportunity to show that Donald Trump is sympathizing with sexual predators? Because they don't like, uh, they don't, the, the liberals don't like Devos because she has the nerve to like school choice and wants to make some changes in education, too. Exactly. If you if you recall, I mean, they, they fought harder against her than virtually any other Trump cabinet nominee. And, you know, and I know, you know, major Trump booster. I have differences with the administration on a lot of things. Uh, but, but she was the one I was really excited about who's going to do was going to do some very some changes that really liberals should be on board with. I mean, liberals were for school choice, or at least briefly. There was a shining moment where they were. Uh, so they, so, so this, uh, so they're furious and they're already spreading all sorts of mischaracterizations of these new rules. ABC, I wrote about this at reason.com. ABC had an article, uh, that was just totally, patently false about what these new rules were doing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sad and dismayed that the ACLU of all organizations, uh, the Civil Liberties Organization, the ACLU, has come out against these changes. Even though the ACLU has been a defender of due process, for accused terrorists, for accused criminals, you know they defended the Westboro Baptist Church and the neo-Nazis marching in in towns and all of that. <laughs> they they have defended you know due process and free speech for some of the most contemptible people, and now they're saying in this case no, uh, we're you know we're, they're sort of fealty to the left matters more than that. Yeah, and, uh, it's uh, it's deeply disappointing. I don't know about you. I've over the years I've noticed a certain amount of inconsistency when it comes to the ACLU, but that's just me. Um, they don't seem to be real consistent with who they, who and what they champion. Um, so, what does all this say that's going on with Title IX about the federal government uh, being in the education business? I mean, whatever happened to getting rid of the Department of Education? That was an idea at one point. <laughs> True, and it's it's one I would like to see come to fruition as a as a libertarian. I mean, the the and, and Title IX is such a perfect example of how bureaucracy just spreads over time. I mean, it, it's now it's now compelled this entire industry of people ensuring Title IX compliance. I mean, you you want to talk about the cost of of higher ed and why it has gone up so high? Okay, it's because they've had to hire administrators to investigate all these issues and lawyers and all sorts of things. I mean, there's your, there's your cost of higher ed. It has just spiraled so massively out of control. This is, this is some steps being taken to rein it in a little bit. Uh, it's not nearly as much as I would like it to be reined in, but uh, it, it's better than I expected. It's certainly better than would have happened under a Hillary Clinton administration. Honestly, it's even a little bit more gutsy than I might have expected from just a more more stereotypic or stereotypical or generic Republican administration, and I say that again as someone who's often critical of Trump. Uh, this this took some guts, and uh, I'm I'm glad they've made these changes, even if they aren't enough. Well, I appreciate you being on to talk about it, Robbie. Thanks a lot. My pleasure. Talk to you soon. Okay, that's Robbie Suave of uh, Reason.com and Reason Magazine. Um, how much time I have? Thirty seconds. Okay, I don't have time. When we come back from the break, I'm going to tell you an unbelievably stupid story about Title IX and how it applied to sports. And I also have a really stupid Democratic congressman who might run for Congress. Uh, We'll tell you about him and his unbelievably stupid ideas about gun control. We'll do that when we come back. Are you about to pay double for new windows, siding, or doors? If you haven't called Windows R Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. 
With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, gutters, siding doors, and of course, windows. Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months and up to $20,000 on new vinyl, fiberglass, or wood windows. With options like triple-pane glass and names like Pella, no hidden fees or surprises ever. Your no-loophole lifetime warranty covers everything, including glass breakage, at no additional cost. Mention AM1250 with your free estimate for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company, WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. The average person considers estate planning just for the wealthy. Attorney Michelle Conti, host of Conti's Law on estate planning for the everyday person. There's a lot that goes into it. People take more time picking out what car they're going to buy, where they're going to go to dinner, as opposed to what happens to my children. The state will dictate who gets what if you don't indicate who is to receive your stuff upon your passing. We want to make sure we plan appropriately so that they get the best of both worlds. They continue to receive the benefit and they get the inheritance. other thing you have to think about is tax planning. We try to be proactive in the approach that we minimize any type of tax consequence when somebody dies, depending on the value of the estate. These taxes range anywhere from 45 to 40%. So we try to make sure that the beneficiary will receive as much as they legally are able to. Hear more on Conti's Law, Sunday morning at 8.30, here on The Answer. For immediate help, visit ContiLawPGH.com. The Original Mattress Factory's mission is simple. We hand-build quality mattresses in our local factories. We sell those mattresses directly to our customers so we can eliminate the middleman, saving you hundreds of dollars compared to mainstream brands. While the other guys have their gimmicks, the Original Mattress Factory has a straightforward approach and is committed to quality and doing what's best for our customers. It's what we've done for almost 30 years. Go to OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Great beds, no bull. That is the original Mattress Factory difference. Quality products plus factory direct prices equals great value. Mattresses that are designed with better materials. Mattresses that are hand-built in local factories. Mattresses that cost hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Now, I know what you're thinking. This all sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it isn't. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made, honestly priced. This is Dr. Sebastian Gorka. President Obama's eight years of leading from behind left the world in flames. From Russia's invasion of Ukraine to North Korea's missile tests and a growing ISIS caliphate. Under President Trump, American leadership is being restored. But that does not mean our enemies have disappeared. That's why I wrote my new book, Why We Fight. Defeating America's enemies with no apologies. As a former deputy assistant to President Trump for strategy, I explained the threats posed by enemies like Russia, China, and the global jihadi movement. We must know our enemies and have the will to defeat them. In my book, Why We Fight, we take off the political correctness blinders of the Obama years and learn how we can vanquish our enemies without mortal combat. Sebastian Gorka's new book, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies, is available now from Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Okay, uh, we were talking about Title IX. Uh, This was about, I don't know how many years ago, a long time ago, several years, maybe 10 years ago, but... um, a story, I think it was on 2020 on ABC. There was a, uh, I don't even remember where it was. I think it was in the Midwest somewhere. There was a high school baseball team that went out and had a fundraiser, you know, sold hoagies, whatever they do, car washes, everything that they do to raise money because they wanted a scoreboard, electronic scoreboard for their baseball team. So they got one. And they were playing there and having a good time. They liked it. And, the, and it was paid for by the, the team, the guys on the team. The parents and everything, and the fundraising. Well, the girls were upset. They have a softball team at the same high school. They played on a different field that did not have an electronic scoreboard. And a judge ruled, even though the boys said, well, wait, we paid for this ourselves. We didn't, we didn't get any public funding for this. The judge ruled that because the girls didn't, this is because of Title IX, because the girls didn't have a scoreboard, 
the boys had to put a tarp over their scoreboard so that they didn't have one, and that made them equal and made everything fair for everybody. So that's that's my Title IX store for you. And also, um, I think it was Duquesne uh, no longer has a baseball team because of Title IX, uh, and, and I think uh, Providence uh, lost a baseball team. Lots of men's teams have disappeared, and what happened with Title IX in sports is that it was supposed to be about equal opportunity. And in the Clinton administration, they hired a woman to be in charge of enforcement of Title IX, and it evolved into equal uh, from equal opportunity to equal outcomes, so that you had to have whatever the percentage of female students you had in the school, you had to have an equal percentage of um, athletes. So they would go around and recruit girls to be on the crew team just because even though they didn't have a crew team, they would try to find you know uh, women to participate in sports that they didn't care about or didn't show any interest in just to make sure that if since they had 53% of the students were female, they had to have 53% of the athletes were female. So they would get rid of a baseball team and then round up some girls to form some kind of other team that they really didn't show any interest in, and it would be at the boys' expense. So that's that's uh, that's where Title IX went, and it wasn't supposed to be that. It was supposed to be that if the girls wanted opportunity, they had to have equal access to the opportunity. Nobody ever in, intended it to be equal outcomes, and that's what's happened with Title IX. And I didn't get a chance to talk about this uh, Swalwell guy, uh Eric Swalwell, I've seen him on Fox quite a few times. He's a kind of a nerdy guy. I think he's mentioned about running for president. Anyway, he got in a Twitter argument with somebody about the um, about the Second Amendment, and um, and the person said he was didn't want the government uh, confiscating guns because the Second Amendment was about protecting citizens against tyrants. And this guy Swalwell said, "Well, we got nukes." So if you think you're going to use your guns to protect us, protect yourself against a tyrant, we got nukes. That's what he said. And I think he's actually serious about running for president. That's where we are in America in 2018. Thanks to Erin Byrne for her good producing, and thank you for listening, and I'll see you on Monday. Bye. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.